Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Amen, amen. We have come now to our time that we have calling Centering Down, taken from the great theologian Howard Thurman, where he states, how good is it to center down, to sit quietly, and to see oneself pass by? Uh, the streets of our minds see us with endless traffic. So this time we come to declutter. Um, and this morning we, are, we, we come with heavy hearts uh, with all that is going on in the world. So me and Darcy, we found a poem this morning um, that kind of speaks towards that called Slow Justice. Here it is this morning with us. Slow justice is better than no justice. I just want justice and peace. To feel justice, it must be real justice, not cut deals or just a piece. Full justice, not pull the wool justice. She's already been blindfolded enough. We accuse justice, but to lose justice is to unlock chaos cuffs. A cry for justice, legal justice, be equal justice with rules to balance it out. We want honest justice, promised justice, is right for the poor and oppressed. But even rich justice and even quick justice should be a standard silvered process. Raw justice shouldn't be flawed justice, but free to all everyone. The power of justice is that the hour of justice doesn't run out of time anywhere. People must court justice and support justice to qualify for her your honor. We must seek justice and speak justice and be a worthy defender, word warrior. Some have buried justice. Some have spurred justice and the lies that they have sworn. Oh, sweet justice, don't beat justice. We are in a race, but we shouldn't fight. The whole world needs to get it right. Then true justice and all of that overdue justice will be the law of every land and life. Without justice, you can't count justice. Tears rolling down in strife. The hope of justice and the scope of justice is that justice answers to God. The mercy of justice and the courtesy of justice 
will be the final plea bargain, O Lord. The sound of justice is profound to us. In Juris, they sing her song of tired. Oh, we miss justice, and I wish justice. Slow justice is better than no justice. Hear now the words of Genesis, the first chapter. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. It was dark over the deep sea, and God's wind swept over the waters. God said, let there be light. And so light appeared. God saw how good the light was. God separated the light from the darkness. God named the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and there was morning, the first day. God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate the waters from each other. God made the dome and separated the waters under the dome from the waters above the dome, and it happened in that way. God named the dome sky. There was evening and there was morning, the second day. God said, let the waters under the sky come together into one place so that the dry land can appear. And that's what happened. God named the dry land earth, and he named the gathered water seed. God saw how good it was. God said, let the earth grow plant life, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees, bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind throughout the earth. And that's what's happened. The earth produced plant life, plants yielding seeds, each according to its kind, and trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. There was evening and there was morning, the third day. God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will mark events, sacred seasons, days, and years. They will be lights in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth. And that's what happened. God made the stars and two great lights, the larger light to rule over the day and the smaller light to rule over the night. God put them in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw how good it was. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. God said, let the waters swarm with living things and let birds fly above the earth in the dome of the sky. God created the great sea animals and all the tiny living things that swarm in the waters, each according to its kind, and all the winged birds, each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. Then God blessed them. Be fertile and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. God said, let the earth produce every living thing, livestock, crawling things, and wildlife, and that's what happened. God made every kind of wildlife, every kind of livestock, and every kind of creature that crawls in the ground. God saw how good it was. Then God said, let us make humanity in our image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds and all the trees whose fruit produces seeds within it. These will be your food. To all wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything he had made. It was supremely good. There was evening and there was morning, 
the sixth day. The word of God for the people of God. Here is the scripture reading from Genesis 2, 1 through 24. The heavens and the earth and all who live in them were completed. On the sixth day, God completed all the work that he had done. And on the seventh day, God rested from all the work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all the work of creation. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. On the day the Lord God made earth and sky before any wild plants appeared on the earth and before any field crops grew because the Lord God hadn't yet sent rain on the earth and there was still no human being to farm the fertile land. Though a stream rose from the earth and watered all of the fertile land. The Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land and blew life's breath into his nostrils. The human came to life. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and put there the human he had formed. In the fertile land, the Lord, the Lord God grew every beautiful tree with edible fruit. And also he grew the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flows from Eden to water the garden and from there it divides into four headwaters. The name of the first river is the Pishon. It flows around the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. That land's gold is pure, and the land also has sweet-smelling resins and gemstones. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It flows the, around the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris, flowing east of Assyria. And the name of the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the human and settled him in the garden of Eden to farm it and to take care of it. The Lord God commanded the human, eat your fill from all of the garden's trees, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because on the day you eat from it, you will die. Then the Lord God said, it's not good that the human is alone. I will make him a helper that is perfect for him. So the Lord God formed from the fertile land, all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky and brought them to the human to see what he would name them. The human gave each living being its name. The human named all the livestock, all the birds in the sky, in all the wild animals. But a helper perfect for him was nowhere to be found. So the Lord God put the human into a deep and heavy sleep. He took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh over it. With the rib taken from the human, the Lord God fashioned a woman and brought her to the human being. The human said, this one, Finally, is bone from my bones and flesh from my flesh. 
she will be called a woman because she was from because from a man she was taken this is the reason that a man leaves his father and mother and embraces his wife and they become one flesh the two of them were naked the man and his wife but they weren't embarrassed and now let us hear from reverend dr robin henderson espinosa we're so happy to have you Thank you so much. Um, it's good to be here with y'all. I, I have to admit, this is the first time that I'm um, preaching over the Zooms. This is the first time I'm preaching to a screen. Um, you know, I do podcast interviews all the time, but it's a conversation um, and, and this is a little bit different. So forgive me if, um, if it fails miserably or if it doesn't land, um, but I'm really glad to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I was supposed to be um, with y'all in person and um, was really looking forward to worshiping with you and hanging out with you. Uh, one of the greatest things um, that I get to do is to be with people. And what I really love about my work is the being with uh, and not just the talking out or not just uh, the speaking or the preaching, but the literal being in community, being with community. And so with that said, I bring greetings from Nashville, Tennessee, from the Activist Theology Project, where I'm the founder and co-director with Anna Galladay and Grace Point. A church where my partner and I worship when I'm in town. Uh, we've been worshiping over the over the Zooms and the YouTube um, since coronavirus hit and since we've been staying at home. Um, but greetings to, to all y'all who are on the Zoom or on Facebook Live. It's good to be here. I just want to go back to this song, Holy Spirit, because... Um, the thing that has been on my heart all week um, is togetherness. And I have to admit that when I looked at the lectionary text this week, um, it didn't inspire a sermon. But what did inspire a sermon is um, my conversation with Darcy and talking about creation and, and talking about the generativity of God. But I want to go back to this to this song because um, we want to invite wisdom. We want to invite um, the God who is in us, the universe who is in us to be present. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Let, it, let that be our prayer in this moment. Um, I should also say that I'm a Texas Baptist and have been a lifelong Baptist. And you never know what you're going to get when you get a Baptist preacher. You don't know if you're going to get 10 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour and a half. Um, I'm also a Latinx and I know how I know how to make it stretch out. And so um, I promise to, 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 to let you go for lunch. Um, but I do have something that I want to share with y'all. 
And I first want to start by sharing um, um, two quotes that have become like scripture for me. And I share these because, um, because living it within a Christian context and within a country that supports empire religion, the danger is the danger of a single narrative. The danger is that we would read Genesis, we would read the creation story, and we would internalize that we should have dominion over the birds, over the animals, over humans. But the, the interpretation that we had today um, was not that. It was an interpretation of relationality. It shows us how connected we are. This morning I woke up at about 6.45 and I laid in bed and I listened to the birds. And I got up and I poured myself some iced coffee. My partner joined me on the, on the couch and invited me to go for a walk. And we went for a family walk and we were talking. And um, I stopped for a minute listening to the birds listening to all that is in the world. And I said, wow, we are connected to that. And in the same way, we are connected to stories of grief, lament, injustice, and the search for justice. And so I want to read these two, um, these two quotes that have become scripture for me, and I want to get into the sermon a little bit. I have three points to make. Every good Baptist preacher has three points to make. But I first want to take a moment before I read these two, two scriptures to you, um, just to acknowledge this day. Uh, Park Avenue Baptist Church is, is a historic church, is a church that has stood for those who have been most impacted by systemic oppression and those who, who, um, who are longing to be whole and full. And I know that Park Avenue Baptist Church is a space and a place where if you're broken or hurt, or disconnected, it's a place for you to be connected. And so on this day, on Mothering Day, for those who um, are disconnected, for those who have lost, for those who, are, who long, I love the Mothering Day litany. May you be seen and held in this space, in this place. And may you feel the generativity of God in you, even in this moment. You are here on Mothering Day to be connected with yourself, with spirit, and with those around you. So on this Mothering Day, even if you don't have a mother, even if you don't identify as a mother, May you know that you are connected and nurtured by what is inside you and what is coming with you in the form of other people. 
Um, so let me read these two, two pieces of scripture. They're, they're quotes. Um, I, Pastor Darcy and I have been attending these Octavia Butler webinars, and we've been texting uh, during the webinar and sort of high-fiving each other over text. And Octavia Butler wrote a book called Parable of the Sower, and if you've not read it, I encourage you to read it. Uh, it's it's um, Afrofuturistic um, literature. It's wisdom right now for us. And it speaks to where we are um, in this moment, I think, of, of COVID-19. Octavia E. Butler writes, all that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. The second quote in scripture is from Neil deGrasse Tyson that my partner put up on uh, the chalkboard right behind me. And he says, we are part of this universe. We are in this universe. But perhaps more important than both of these facts is that the universe is in us. The universe is in us. There's a theological tradition called panentheism that basically is uh, uh, the tradition of talking about how God is in all things. So there's, there's three points I want to make today. I'll tell them up front so that you can track my narrative. Um, the first is God has changed. The second is separation or separateness is a myth. And the third is we are all interconnected. Several years ago, I began um, thinking about what does it mean to do the work of theology and ethics? Like, what is that really? And I felt really convicted that um, most of my work had been done in a library carol or at a library desk and disconnected from people and about the only people that I was seeing was the librarian or, or, or faculty. And um, I thought to myself, gosh, if theology is about our social practices, then theology must be lived out in the world. And I began thinking more about that. And, and um, I, I really feel that, that I began to participate in this God is change motif, which is another theological tradition we can talk about that at a later point, but this idea that God has changed comes from um, process theology and it speaks of a re relational God. And as I began to transition out of academia and into public theology, um, which is a long story, you can read about that in my book and would be happy to share that at another time. But when 
when we begin to move in the world, we begin to see that we are more deeply connected than we are separate. What I mean by that is when we hear about the injustice of a murder from February in the South, in South Georgia, that is a murder to us. That is a murder to the divine. When we hear that black and brown people are being disproportionately impacted by COVID-19, that is an injustice to us. If we believe that we are disconnected, if we believe that we are separated from one another, then we are not participating in God's vision for humanity. We could go back to both, both creation stories and look at how generative, just how generative creation was and how we are called into relationship with all that is around us, including injustice. We are called into relationship with injustice so that we might transform injustice into a just and equitable world or situation. How is this possible? It's because God is change. It's because God is actively participating in this world with us in this moment. It's because the divine is within each of us, calling us to a better world, a better life, a better orientation, a better vision of who we can be. God is change and separation is a myth. I am um, starting on a, on a quest, on a journey with myself in, in writing my second book on the body. And this is, this is, um, a very scary process for me. I, I, I don't really know if I can do it. And, and I'm, I'm even wondering how am I going to talk about embodiment and how am I going to talk about, um, becoming fully human. And what reminds me of the possibility or the potentiality of writing this book is we are each and every one of us on the way to becoming, on the way to becoming transformed by the renewing of our mind and by the dedication of our spirit. Why? Because God is change and because separation is a myth. If we don't lean into the radical interconnectivity of all things, we will miss this invitation that we read about in the creation stories. When I was growing up, uh, I grew up Southern Baptist and attended a Lutheran church and was confirmed Lutheran. So most people will say, well, 
Robin, you're really Lutheran. But, it, you know, at heart, I'm a, I'm a Baptist and love Baptist theology and ecclesiology and um, uh, am compelled by the freedom that Baptists have fought for, the religious freedom. And when I was growing up, the, there was never someone like me in the pulpit. I felt different. Um, I, f I felt um, sort of estranged from who was in the pulpit. Never someone like me, a trans, queer, Latinx, invited me into the journey of transformation. When we read these creation stories, um, the, the, the overwhelming interpretation was patriarchy, dominion, colonialism. And I want to say that is bad theology. And what we know is that bad theology will kill us. Bad theology perpetuates empire religion. And what I want to advocate for is, is a theology of freedom, a theology of invitation, and a theology of radical interconnectedness. That when we read these creation stories and the beauty of God breathing God's, God's breath into Adam, Ruach, into Adam, earth creature, that shows us how we are woven together as a divine being. Part of the tradition that's been lost while we've been trying to colonize and export Christianity to the world is that God became human so that humans might become divine. Why? Because God has changed. Why else? Because separation is a myth. And why third? Because we are deeply, radically interconnected with all that is. And what is? is God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, your, our, your presence, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill this place. Help us to recognize who we are and who we're becoming. Because without an imagination of who we are becoming, we are lost people. Why? Because God has changed and separation is a myth. Why else? Because we are deeply, radically interconnected with all that is. And what is, is God. Park Avenue, you are a people on the way. You are a people who are calling the misfits, the margins, and all that is to be the change in the world. Why? Because you believe God has changed. Why else? Because you also believe that separation is a myth. I'm so glad to be here in your pulpit. I'm so glad to be communing with you and to be deeply interconnected and woven together with you in the spirit. Why? Because God has changed and separation is a myth. Why else? 
because we are all on the way to becoming radically interconnected and realizing what is. And what is, is God. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively.